are the Marcelin Brothers, and this is the Marcelin Brothers Podcast, MBP for short. We are here to share our story and to contribute our thoughts about everyday topics in life. Time to sit back, relax, and get ready for the MVP attack. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Today is August 9th, 2020. And if you're listening or watching, you are listening or watching to the Marston Brothers podcast. What's going on, my MVP crew? We've got lots of information that we want to share today. We're going to cover the president's executive orders that were just passed on August 8th. And I wanted to use this as an opportunity to break down some of these executive orders. We'll see how these go based off of the amount of time that we have. We'll start off with maybe one or two and then based off of how everybody's feeling. Maybe we do all four this episode or maybe we decide to do the rest of them on another episode. So we'll see how things go. But before that, I want to see how everybody's doing today. So, you know, my brothers are busy, so they're not going to be able to be on this episode. But, you know, so far, life is good in this Marshall and Brothers household. You know, my wife is doing great. She is kicking butt and taking names on maternity leave. Little Amelia is starting to become getting bigger Amelia she's just growing just before our eyes and it's just a awesome sight to see it you know she's just in the phase of her life where she's soaking in everything you can start her you can start seeing her with some of the facial expressions and she starts to squeeze out a smile every once in a while too so that's something that's pretty awesome and Ophelia I mean Ophelia is becoming the big sister that is the best big sister she every day you can see just the way that she treats Amelia it's great and Ophelia is becoming smarter and smarter every day she's having these conversations like we're having real conversations with each other y'all so it's one of those things where she's coming of age and she is just maturing so much so I can appreciate when people say hey try to take these days one day at a time because before you know it they'll be grown they'll be big and they'll be out of the house and Ophelia is going to be turning three in a couple of weeks and I can't believe she's already three and I can't believe that Amelia is over a month and a half almost two months so time is definitely fine work is work you know we got to do whatever we got to do to take care of people so that's going pretty well and really I'm just blessed I have nothing to really I've got no worries, no issues compared to everything that's going on in this world and things that the stories that you hear about every day, the things that I see at work, I've got no complaints at all and I am living a blessed life. So I've got nothing to worry about at all. So that's how life is going with me. So with that being said, let's break down the news straight off the press. So the president you know, was discussing doing some executive orders because he felt that Congress couldn't put together a plan to help the people. It looks like both sides of the aisles were going back and forth. So President Trump decided to do four executive orders, and I wanted to discuss some of these executive orders. So one of them is going to be dealing with, you know, what are we doing with the $600 that, you know, has stopped from the CARES Act? with unemployment. So one of them is going to deal with that. One of them is dealing with what are we going to do with student loan repayment relief during the pandemic. One of them is what do we do with no evictions? 
And then the other one is going to be looking at, can we do anything with some sort of payroll tax? So four things to discuss. We'll start reading a couple of them. We'll actually go into the actual executive orders. And, you know, before we actually go into detail, I wanted to use this as an opportunity to let my MVP crew know that whenever these presidential news, whenever there are executive orders or information that the president is dictating, you can actually see a lot of this stuff word for word if you go to www.whitehouse.gov. A lot of times, whether we're listening on the news or we're reading news journal articles, a lot of those articles that we're reading, for the most part, they are summarizing this information. And I think and it's good to go straight to the source to see what is actually being said, because sometimes somebody may say that somebody is saying something, whether it's the president says something or news is saying something. But when you actually read what was done, it doesn't necessarily line up or somebody can mislead you one way to another. So I always like going straight to the source. So this is one thing that I'm going to start using a lot more. And I think we'll probably discuss some of these presidential actions more often since we have the source that we can dissect them and we can see how things are going because a lot of this information is going to be affecting our everyday lives. So with that being said, I think the first one that we're going to go over is what are we doing with the whole student loan repayment program? I think that, you know, a lot of the MPP crew, you know, I think a lot of people probably are dealing with this specifically student loan repayment for federal loans. So long story short, you know, what ended up happening before this this new presidential memorandum. So we had the CARES Act. CARES Act essentially, you know, stopped, uh, allowed for a deferment of federal student loans. And it also allowed for 0% interest to be accrued during that time. The big question is, you know, how long is this going to last? The initial CARES Act stated that it would end on September 30th of 2020. And a lot of people are trying to figure out, you know, what are we going to do from there? Are we going to be going back to having to pay the federal loans? Is this going to be one of those loans where we're eventually going to have, not have any loans, period? So we're going to read straight up from the whitehouse.gov memorandum. We'll read it, we'll dissect it, and we'll see where things go from there. So... Memorandum on Continued Student Loan Repayment Relief During the COVID-19 Pandemic. This was issued on August 8, 2020. So it states, Memorandum for the Secretary of Education Subjects Continued Student Loan Payment Relief During COVID-19 Pandemic. The authority vested in me by the President of the Constitution and the laws of the United States of America, it is hereby ordered as follows. Look at what the the actual policy is. So section one policy, the 2019 novel coronavirus known as SARS-CoV-2, the virus causing the outbreaks of the, of the disease COVID-19 has significantly disrupted the lives of Americans. In proclamation 9994 of March 13, 2020, declaring a national emergency concerning the novel coronavirus disease outbreak, I, as in the president, declared pursuant to the National Emergencies Act that the COVID-19 outbreak in the United States constituted a national emergency. That day, I also determined that the COVID-19 outbreak constituted an emergency of nationwide scope pursuant to the Stafford Act. On March 20th, 2020, 
My administration took action to provide immediate relief to tens of millions of student loan borrowers during the pandemic caused by COVID-19 by both suspending loan payments and temporarily setting interest rates to 0%. This relief has helped many students and parents retain financial stability. And many other Americans have continued to routinely pay down their student loan balances to more quickly eliminate their loans in the long run. During this time, borrowers have been able to determine the best path forward for themselves. The original announcement of this policy specified that it would continue for at least 60 days. In the interim, the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act provided this same student loan payment relief, but the program is scheduled to expire on September 30th, 2020. Currently, many Americans remain unemployed due to the COVID-19 pandemic, and many more have accepted lower wages and reduced hours while states and localities continue to impose social distancing measures. It is therefore appropriate to extend this policy until such time that the economy has stabilized, schools have reopened, and crisis brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic has subsided. So right now, this is just setting up what the initial policy is, what the background is. So essentially... There's something that's going to be done, and right now it's leaving it open as to saying we want to extend the policy until we feel like things have stabilized. So one thing that we're all going to be asking is, well, what does that mean? Who determines that? What is the time frame? So once we go into Section 2, we're going to see exactly what that's discussing. So again, just summarizing Section 1, you know, COVID's coming through. Because of COVID, it's considered a national emergency and disaster. People aren't working. Thought processes, well, if people aren't working, we've gone through a national disaster. We need to be able to do something to help provide some relief to individuals who have student loans. So that's where you have the whole suspension of loan payments. Now, especially make sure that we understand what we're talking about here. So this is going to be the federal loans, not just all student loans, federal student loans, and temporarily setting interest rates to 0% for those specific loans. We are going through that. It was supposed to expire on September 30th, which is going to be next month. And now because we are still going through this pandemic, government wants to, or president wants to do something else. So if we check out section two, extension of student loan payment relief. In light of the national emergency declared on March 13, 2020, the Secretary of Education shall take action pursuant to applicable law to effectuate appropriate waivers of and modifications to the requirements and conditions of economic hardship deferments described in the Higher Education Act of 1965 and provide such deferments to borrowers as necessary to continue the temporary cessation of payments and the waiver of all interest on student loans held by the Department of Education until December 31st, 2020. Section B says, all persons who wish to continue making student loan payments shall be allowed to do so notwithstanding the deferments provided pursuant to subsection A of this section. So, it looks like President's outlining that he wants to do an additional extension of the Student Loan Repayment Relief Program. And what it sounds like is everything that has gone on before from the CARES Act, we are going to be continuing that. And um, the key word here is to continue the temporary cessation of payments and the waiver of all interest on student loans held by the Department of Education until December 31st, 2020. So Department of Education, what loans do they hold? They hold the federal loans. So any of those federal student loans are going to be 
the interest is going to be finished or it's, it's, there's going to be a waiver on that. And there's also going to be a temporary cessation of the payments as well. So the payments and the interest are still going to be stopped until December 31st, 2020. And then again, if you want to make a dent in your loans, you are able to do so. You won't be penalized to do that, but that's going to be based off to the individual. All right, we'll talk more about that, but let's go on to Section 3. So Section 3 is going to be the general provisions. Nothing in this memorandum shall be construed to impair or otherwise affect, one, the authority granted by law to an executive department or agency or the head thereof, two, function of the director of office of management and budgeting related to the budgetary, administrative, or legislative proposals. You're looking at... Letter C, the memorandum is not intended to, nor does it create any right or benefit, substantive or procedural enforceable at law or inequality any part of the United States departments, agencies, and entities or its officials, employees, agents, or any other person. And D, you are authorized and directed to publish this memorandum in the Federal Register. So long story short, what, it sh- what this general provision, it's, it's kind of like a waiver saying, for the most part, you know, this shouldn't impair anything else that's going on for any of the other governing bodies and we've got to still make sure that we're following the law so that is specifically the you know quote-unquote student loan repayment relief and summarizing this is the president essentially is just going to be extending what he was doing before i think out of the four items that was discussed this is probably the the most clean cut this is probably the the most simple thing to do i don't think anybody is going to have any type of you know serious argument on continuing this because of everything that's been going on and you know i think what is important is for individuals one who have federal student loans that if they are trying to either use the Federal Loan Forgiveness Program for Public Service Loan Forgiveness, the PSFL. If you are going through that tract, any month that goes by when the canceling or the deferment of student loans have to be paid, those months actually count towards the amount of necessary payments that are needed in order for your loans to be forgiven. So if you're going through the 120 program, 120 month program each month that this is going on it counts as an additional month so this is pretty big for you know some of the individuals who are going through this program because essentially what we've had is from the month of march till december you know zero dollars have been paid and you have nine months worth of credits towards that 120 month payment which is almost a year so i think this is something that a lot of my peers who are participating in this program are probably very happy about and i think this is able to assist individuals who may not have had an opportunity to get some sort of relief based off of income based off of what they do So this is something that I feel like a lot of those peers will be very happy with. Again, this does not apply to your private loans. If you're in private loans, then 
you know, they may look at this and maybe they will do something towards their version, but there's no guarantee that, you know, whatever rates or whatever things that are going on in the private loan arena is going to be changed because of what this referendum memorandum has done. Now, a lot of times, especially from what happened initially with the interest on loans decreasing, that affected the private loans a little bit, but that might not necessarily be affected with what's going on here. So that's the first one that I wanted to talk about. The you know, the second one that we'll probably take a look at because it looks like, you know, we're 16 minutes in, so maybe we'll discuss another one. Let's talk about this payroll tax thing. So, you know, on the news, President Trump has one of his goals has always been taking a look at this payroll tax. And I think, you know, based off of what his powers might be, maybe trying to eliminate it altogether. So this is something that has been argued in Congress. I feel like this is something that President Trump's been a big advocate for, but none of the members of Congress are, you know, necessarily excited about it because these payroll taxes do fund, you know, some of the entitlement programs that we have with Social Security. So I think that's where a lot of disagreement with Congress is going on is because if you you know, take away this payroll tax, then how are you going to fund Social Security? You know, what are what are some other things that can help fund that or any of the other taxes or any of the other monies that the government needs to be able to run the government? Because you take that away, then it's got to go somewhere else from another bucket. So we're just going to read this and then we'll discuss this as well. So this this official title of this presidential memorandum is this is a memorandum on deferring payroll tax obligations in light of the ongoing COVID-19 disaster. So first off, just notice that this is not necessarily entitled an executive order. So that's different than the previous one that we talked about because the previous one was actually an executive order. So this is a presidential memorandum. So memorandum for the security of the treasury. The subject is deferring payroll tax obligations in light of the ongoing COVID-19 disaster. By authority vested in me as president, by the Constitution and the laws of the United States of America, is hereby ordered as follows. That section 1 says that the 2019 novel coronavirus that originated in the People's Republic of China has caused significant, sudden, and unexpected disruptions to the American economy. On March 13, 2020, I determined that the COVID-19 pandemic is of sufficient severity and magnitude to warrant an emergency declaration under the Stafford Disaster Relief and Emergency Assistance Act, and that is still the case today. American workers have been partially, particularly hit hard by this ongoing disaster. While the Department of the Treasury has already undertaken historic effects to alleviate hardships of our citizens, it is clear that the further temporary relief is necessary to support working Americans during these challenging times. To that end, I am directing the Secretary of the Treasury to use his authority to do for certain payroll tax obligations with respect to the American workers most in need. This modest targeted action will put money directed in the pockets of American workers and generate additional incentives for work and employment when the money is needed the most. Section 2. Deferring certain payroll tax obligations. The Secretary of the Treasury is hereby directed to use his authority pursuant to to you know, some some sort of law to defer the withholding, deposit, and payment of tax imposed, and so much tax imposed is as attributed to the rate in which 
on wages, compensation, as applicable paid during the periods of September 1st, 2020 through December 31st, 2020, subject to the following conditions. A, the deferral shall be made available with respect to any employee, the amount of whose wages or compensation as applicable payable during any biweekly pay period is generally less than $4,000, calculated on pre-tax basis or the equivalent amount with respect to other pay periods. B. Amounts deferred pursuant to the implementation of this memorandum shall be deferred without any penalties, interest, additional amount, or addition to the tax. Section 3 says that the Secretary shall issue the guidance to implement this memorandum. Section 4 says the Secretary of Treasury shall explore avenues including legislation to eliminate the obligation to pay the deferred taxes pursuant to the implementation of this memorandum. And Section 5 is kind of like that that general provision like we discussed before is this is not supposed to supersede things and people need to be doing what they're supposed to be doing all right so what does this mean so when we actually read the specifics there there's a lot of gray areas in this memorandum so the way that i heard it described to me initially before reading this was that there's going to be you know with this payroll tax that people aren't going to need being paid payroll tax anymore this is going to be looked at you know as a way to be able to boost up the economy because we don't have to pay these taxes anymore but when i'm reading the specifics in this memorandum you know it says here that we're looking at wage we're deferring so that's one key word is there's a difference between eliminating it altogether and deferring this is deferring the payroll tax obligation so I guess the way that I would describe this is when we had to do our federal income taxes. Federal income taxes were done initially, they're usually due April 15th, but there was a deferment of when we needed to go and file our taxes from April 15th to July 15th. Now, this did not change what we owed. This did not change what we needed to pay. The money still needed to be paid, but it was going to be paid at a later date. And the whole purpose of that is that this would give more time for individuals to be able to use the money that they're making to take care of immediate needs based off of things that happened on the coronavirus. So when I'm, but they still have to be paid eventually. So when I'm reading this, this is saying deferring certain payroll tax obligations. I don't see the specific time in which this will be deferred to. All I read when I'm going through this section is that anything that is paid during the period of September 1st, 2020 through December 31st, 2020. So there's not a specific date that this needs to be paid by. So does this mean that this gets paid in December, in January? Is this mean that this is for this tax year, we don't have to worry about this payroll tax and then we have to just do double up the next year. So that's that's one question that I do have. And it'll be interesting to see how Secretary of the Treasury is going to be handling this. Number two, one thing that's important to note as well is that this is not everybody who is going to be able to take care of this. So we are looking at individuals whose compensation during any biweekly pay period is generally less than $4,000. So this already is going to be 
this is gonna this is I think the intent of this is to make sure that we are taking care of the individuals who need it the most. This is gonna be the individuals who, you know, are not your high earners, which is good because we do need to make sure that we're taking care of those individuals because these are the individuals that aren't going to be working these are the individuals that may have been laid off these are the individuals that may have had to have a a major cut in their salary so i i totally agree with this immensely so if we just look at the calculations real quick if we're looking at less than four thousand dollars in any bi-weekly pay period so you can essentially do four thousand you can multiply that by 26 and when you when you take a look at that now again this is before taxes so it just depends on where you're going to fall so we're we're looking at individuals a majority of the citizens of our United States of America which is very very important you know the this is looking at people who make $104,000 or less so i think this is the goal of the president to make sure that our middle class is being taken care of, and this is one of the ways that he's trying to help out. So, again, the question is going to be, you know, again, how far and how long is this going to be done, and when is it going to be done? And then what I thought was also interesting is if you look at Section 4, it says tax forgiveness. The Secretary of the Treasury shall explore avenues, including legislation, to eliminate the obligation to pay the taxes deferred pursuant to the implementation of this memorandum. So the big questions that we have, again, are going to be, you know, the deferment is supposed to be till when? And then two... What is this avenue that the Secretary of the Treasury, Mr. Mnuchin, what is he going to be able to do and what is the legislation going to be? And is this legislation, if it's going to have to be passed in Congress, are they going to get to a resolution when it comes to this? So those are some of the big question marks that I do have. You know, there are specifics, you know, the, the specifics are going to be that the individuals who are going to be able to qualify are going to be for individuals, any employee, that the amount of whose wages or compensation payable during any bi-weekly pay period is generally less than 4000 So generally less than 4000 you know, why not just say 4000 But we did the calculations already. $4,000 dollars you multiply that by 26 because there's 26 pay periods. 4,000 times 26 is $104,000. So these are going to be the individuals that this payroll tax is going to be deferred to. So again, hopefully this is something that will help individuals who really need it. So what do you guys think? You know, we went over two. You know, do we have time for another one? I'm looking at the time. You know, 26 minutes. Why don't we Why don't we go to number three while we're at it? So we talked about student loans, which I think is going to be helpful for a lot of people. We talked about the the payroll tax. You know, being able to defer it. So these are again, these are going to be the payroll taxes that are normally paid during the period of September 1st through December 31st. These are going to be deferred. Do we know till when? We don't know. It's going to be individuals who are you know, making $104,000 or less. So we talked about that. 
You know, the third one we'll take a look at is let's look at this executive order on fighting the spread of COVID-19 by providing assistance to renters and homeowners. So before this, just a quick summary or recap. So before the this with COVID, we one of the things in the CARES Act was that essentially you can't evict anybody who is having problems with being able to pay their rent. And this was due to everything that was going on with the pandemic and the epidemic. So another question was going to be, you know, what are we going to do when the memorandum was going to expire, which was August 31st, 2020. So the end of this month was going to be where the evictions could go back to what they were before. And what are we going to do for those individuals? So let's go read through this executive order and we'll discuss what this means specifically. So the executive order on fighting the spread of COVID-19 by providing assistance to renters and homeowners by the authority vested in me, by the president of the, as president, by the constitution and laws of the United States of America, it is hereby ordered as follows. That again, section one, the 2019 novel coronavirus pandemic, which originated from China, continues to pose a significant threat to the health of Americans throughout the United States. As we have since January 2020, with a proactive decision to limit travel from China and the passage of three massive economic relief packages, my administration will take whatever steps are necessary to reduce the spread of COVID-19 and maintain economic prosperity. The Centers for Disease and Control and Prevention which is the CDC and the Department of Health and Human Services have concluded that growing and disproportionate unemployment rates for some racial and ethnic minority groups during the COVID-19 pandemic may lead to greater risk of eviction and homelessness or sharing of housing. This trend is concerning for many reasons, including that homeless shelters have been proven to be particularly susceptible to outbreaks of COVID-19. CDC has observed that homelessness poses multiple challenges that can exacerbate and amplify the spread of COVID-19. Homeless shelters are often crowded, making social distancing difficult. Many persons experiencing homelessness are older or have underlying medical conditions, placing them at higher risk for severe COVID-19 associated illness. Increased shared housing is also potentially problematic to the extent that it results in increased in-person interactions between older, higher risk individuals and their younger relatives or friends. My administration has taken bold steps to help renters and homeowners have safe and secure places to call home during COVID-19 crisis. Prior to the passage of the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, which is the CARES Act, the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development implemented a foreclosure and eviction moratorium for all single-family mortgages insured by the Federal Housing Administration. Furthermore, prior to the passage of the CARES Act, the Federal Housing Finance Agency announced that it had instructed the Federal National Mortgage Association and the Federal Home Loan Mortgage Corporation to suspend foreclosure for at least 60 days. The FHFA has since announced that the enterprises will extend the foreclosure suspension until at least August 30, 2020. The CARES Act imposed a temporary moratorium on evictions of certain renters, certain subject to certain conditions. The moratorium has now expired and there is a significant risk that this will set off an abnormally large wave of evictions. With the failure of the Congress to act, my administration must do all that it can to help the vulnerable populations stay in their homes in the midst of this pandemic. Those who are dislodged 
from their homes may be unable to shelter in place and may have more difficulty maintaining a routine of social distancing. They will have to find alternative living arrangements, which may include a homeless shelter or a crowded family home and may require traveling to other states. In addition, evictions tend to disproportionately affect minorities, particularly African-Americans and Latinos. Unlike the Congress, I cannot sit idly and refuse to assist vulnerable Americans in lead. Under my administration, minorities achieve the lowest unemployment rates on record, and we will not let COVID-19 erase these gains by causing short-term dislocations that could well have long-term consequences. Accordingly, my administration, to the extent reasonably necessary to prevent the further spread of COVID-19, will take all lawful measures to prevent residential evictions and foreclosures resulting from financial hardships caused by COVID-19. All right, so long story short, that first section essentially is saying that due to COVID-19, the coronavirus, people get sick, people get sick due to coronavirus, then the coronavirus may spread. If you end up having to lose your house, you're going to have to find a place to stay. These places may be in shelters or with other families, which will increase the risk of the spread, which means that we may all have further issues with the COVID-19 illness. So that essentially is what he's trying to summarize in that, you know, as the administration, as the president, he wants to do whatever he can to make sure that this is prevented. So that's summary of section one. So let's get to the meat of it. What exactly are we going to do with this? So we're going to go over sections two, sections three, and hopefully that meat will give us more answers as, as far as what exactly is going to be done. So section two says that it is the policy of the United States to minimize to the greatest extent possible residential evictions and foreclosures during the ongoing COVID-19 national emergency. So pretty much says is that we as the United States of America, you know, the, the country is going to try to minimize any evictions and foreclosures. So that's that's very broad. What is the specific direction supposed to be then? Yes, that sounds all good. Yes, we want to try to decrease people from not having to leave their houses, finding other places because of COVID-19, but how is that going to work? So let's look at section three. So section three is the response to public health risks of evictions and foreclosures. Secretary of Health and Human Services and a director of CDC shall consider whether any measures temporarily halting residential evictions of any tenants for failure to pay rent are reasonably necessary to prevent the further spread of COVID-19 from one state or position to any other state or possession. B, the Secretary of the Treasury and the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development shall identify any and all available federal funds to provide temporary financial assistance to renters and homeowners who, as a result of financial hardships caused by COVID-19, are struggling to meet their monthly rental or mortgage obligations. C, Secretary of Housing and Urban Development shall take action as appropriate and consistent with applicable law to promote the ability of renters and homeowners to avoid eviction or foreclosure resulting from financial hardships caused by COVID-19. Such actions may include encouraging and providing assistance to public housing authorities, affordable housing owners, landlords, and recipients of federal grant funds and minimizing evictions and foreclosures. And finally, Section D, or Letter D, in consultation with the Secretary of State, the Director of the FHFA shall renew all existing authorities and resources that may be used to prevent evictions and foreclosures for renters and homeowners resulting from hardships caused by COVID-19. 
So if we look at the previous act, the previous act pretty much said, hey, you know, you can't evict people during this time. That act is done. So now the president's pretty much saying, hey, we need to look at what can we do to, to you know, as, as much as possible, try to decrease evictions and foreclosures. So, and, and this is based off of individuals who have issues with COVID-19. So the response is they shall consider. So I guess question, so it depends on which side you look at. If you are a person who is a rentee or I'm sorry, a renter and you're, and you're living somewhere and all of a sudden this moratorium of being able to pay for the rent has gone away. Can I be evicted now? It looks like they strongly recommend not to, but it's not really saying that, yes, I guess you kind of could because they shall consider, but shall is not must. So it doesn't mean that all of a sudden, hey, you're good to go. You can stay and you can can stick around a little bit more. I think a lot of this is going to be based off of the, the direction that the Secretary of Health and Human Services and Director of CDC. So there is still some risk that you may have to relocate if you're not able to to have the funds. Um, question number two, if you are a owner and you're renting people, you know, when you're looking at this, it's not really saying that you can't have people not stay at your place. So this is very tricky because, again, this is still very gray. This isn't really saying, hey, you can't do this and this is what's going to happen. So they try to add more meat. So the Secretary of the Treasury and the Secretary of Housing shall identify any and all available federal funds to provide temporary financial assistance to renters and homeowners who are struggling to meet their monthly rental or mortgage obligations. So what this sounds like to me is the way that, you know, we have individuals from not being evicted is going to be based off of the Secretary of Treasury and the Secretary of Urban Development are going to find monies and these monies are going to be paid on the behalf of the renter so that they don't have to be evicted is how I am interpreting Section 3B. So, you know, homeowners. So this is almost like Section 8 housing is almost how I look at it, where before with Section 8, you have specific individuals who are in this program and through this program, they are able to receive monies from the government. So is this almost like an extension so that now you have more people than in that section eight section can now apply to get these funds? So this will be something interesting and I'm looking forward to seeing how this is going to be described. And then you you look at that section C where again it says that the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development shall take action as appropriate and consistent with the law to promote the ability for renters and homeowners to avoid eviction or foreclosure resulting through hardships. And this is going to be done by encouraging, providing assistance to the public housing authorities, being able to help out the affordable housing owners, landlords, and the recipients of federal grant funds in minimizing evictions and foreclosures. So in addition to looking at the treasury then it's also going to be essentially hud is going to be looking at doing that as well 
And in consultation with the Secretary of Treasury, Director of the FHFA shall review all existing authorities and resources that may be used to prevent evictions. So long story short, it looks like the government is going to try to find some way to find monies to be able to provide to, to individuals who can't pay their rent. And this is how you're going to avoid being evicted. So, again, a lot different from when you're watching the news and you're hearing you know, the president, when he's signing these orders saying, hey, no evictions, hey, your federal loans, you know, don't worry about them. We're taking care of you when it comes to that. And also taking a look at taxes. Hey, you don't have to pay payroll taxes. So, again, how are these memorandums going to be enforced we we still have some questions on that. All right, guys. So those were three out of the four of the quote-unquote executive orders that were done by the president. I'm looking at the clock. This fourth one, which is probably also one of the more controversial, important ones, is going to be way too long to fit on this episode. So let's try to do the fourth one on a different episode. So that being said, MVP crew, thank you again for listening to another episode of the Marston Brothers podcast. Let me know what you guys think. It's very interesting, but at least now you have the word for word of the actions that were done with those executive orders. So when you start watching the news and you hear the reactions to the news, you know where to be able to get the specifics. You can go to whitehouse.gov, and once you get there, you can find the presidential actions and from there then you can figure out exactly what was discussed and you know based off of that i guess we're all very interesting to see how that information is going to be eventually laid out and followed and enacted so thank you again for listening if you liked what you heard please 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 show the mbp crew some love by giving us a five-star review we definitely appreciate that also, feel free to leave some comments so it helps us gauge, hey, are we doing what you guys are wanting us to do? Is this the information that you're trying to hear? And it also lets us know that, you know, it makes us feel good, too. You can reach us at marslinbrothers at gmail.com as well. We love to get your emails. And we also have a YouTube channel. So check us out. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this. And with that being said, I hope you have a nice rest of your evening. And hopefully we'll see you guys next week or maybe the week after. Talk to you guys later. Be safe, be good, and I'm out. Thanks for listening to the Marston Brothers Podcast. And remember, do work and make a difference in somebody's life. What are you doing? To a microphone. Are you talking to the microphone? Yeah. Are you making noise? Yeah. How old are you? Two. Two. Yeah, I two. Okay. <laughs> what else are you doing? I do a three. You're three? Ten, eleven. Eleven? Yeah. Four? Yeah, four. And five? Okay. Okay. Six. Very good. You're going to play with... 
Play with Grandma? No, I play with Eli, okay? Eli's sleeping. Are you going to take a nap? No. Okay. I want to go on a cruise. What do you want to do? I'm going to go on a cruise. When are you going on a cruise? I'm going to go on a cruise. Maybe another time. Okay. All right. All right. All right, I'm going to press ready? stop. We're ready? Yeah. Okay. I press stop. Synced. Why are you picking your nose? See? You're picking your boogers. I got this. Okay. I think we've got enough video, right? Yeah. We got enough recording? Yeah. Are we going to pay you royalties? Yeah. Okay. Anything else do you want to say? Yeah. What else do you want to say? My teeth. Your teeth? What color are your teeth? What's that? What's what? What's that? That's I don't know. You tell me. What's that? Okay. All right, Billy.